Welcome to Paulas, a podcast about real life experiences from the mouths of legit working class people. Hiya! Hey up! I'm Selena. And I'm um, just a couple of Paulasses doing a podcast. It's not quite Happy New Year, but it's nearly Happy New Year. Selena, how are you doing? What have you had for your tea? Um, well, you know, I, I'm here. That's when anyone's asked me this year, how are you? I'm like, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> um, I'm currently got my feet in my electric foot warmer that I got for Christmas. Yes, mate. So I might, you might, you might hear me bending down and plugging it in a bit when I get too hot. Um, and I've had a jacket potato for me tea with some leftover bolognese on top. And then my brother had a takeaway, so I had two slices of his garlic bread with cheese. Oh. And then I had two Reese's cups for me pudding. What a bloody dream. Yeah. A lovely you know, selection. Yeah, that was my tea, it was all right. What have you had? I had a quiche, me. Ooh, quiche. Oh, I love a quiche. Everyone says that, but I'm like, I do love, I'm always eating a quiche. Not the, It's not really the season for a quiche, but, you know. Got to keep that summer dream alive. <laughs> When it's icy outside. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's 2020, I'll do what I want. I'll eat a quiche in December. Do you know what I mean? Bloody snow on the floor, eating a quiche, bang a bit of salad with it, why not? Get a little cocktail going. You've got to visualise, <laughs> you've got to manifest. <laughs> I guess um, it's a bit like party food, isn't it, a quiche? Yeah, do you know what? Really, it should be like little pieces of quiche uh, next to like volivants with egg mayo in it. Or, do you know, just stuff like that. But obviously we haven't had none of that this year, have we? So No. <laughs> so there we go. It's a depressing start to the episode. I've got a question for you. Um, yeah, go on. This, this foot warmer, at first, right, I thought you, when you said I've got my foot in, I thought you were going to say for Christmas you got one of them, like, proper 90s mum, like, foot massage, what are they called, like a whirlpool for your oh, feet? Oh, spa. Spa, that's oh, it. one of them. Yeah, I've got no. I, you no, it's too noisy. That that would have been nice, but God, just <laughs> whirring away. Them, <laughs> yeah, well, you switch it, it goes, it goes, and it's got like little bobbly bits at the bottom for you to like massage your foot on it. I would, I would probably kill for one of them right now. Oh, the dream! Try, try yourself. See if uh, anyone's got it on a Boxing Day sale. <laughs> <laughs> Spend me watches. Nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, in it, it'd probably be like only only available in the Grattan catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> Not even thought about them no. for years. So you ain't got no, one of them. It's, a, it's like it looks like a pair of like proper nana slippers. Uh, it's like this. It's fabric. It's fleece lined, and it's got a plug, and then you plug it in, and it warms up. <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't even know they existed, but I like the sound of this. I think I need to get one. I'll send you a picture. Yes, please. This is the content we need to see. (laughs) Dear me. So, to really set the scene for this episode, I put out some, you know, silly tweets, did some polls, love a poll me, and um, did some, like, silly question things on Instagram. And uh, one of them was, we're going to do a new episode, guys. Are you buzzing? Right? And 60 people said, yeah, buzzing. So I was like, oh, do you know what? People listen to us, Selena. Like, isn't that nice? People give a shit what we've got to say. And someone even replied and said, I went onto your page the other day looking for a new episode. 
So I was like, oh, mate, that's good, isn't it? But then, two people said no. They're not buzzing. Two two people? Yeah. So, in that... <laughs> basically, when I saw it, I proper pissed myself. Because I was like, why would you just say no? <laughs> like, I mean, you voluntarily follow us. But I guess, you know, fair dues, you might not be buzzing about a new episode, but I just thought that one min. I was just like, that is amazing. Do you know, like, it reminds me of when, you know, when people say, you know, um, oh, what's that really good phrase where it's like, you know, live life with the confidence of a middle class white man or whatever. It's just oh, like, yeah. you know, live life with, with the confidence of someone who's just like, do you know what? Nah, I'm not interested in your fucking stupid show. Crack on. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. There's better stuff going on. Or maybe they were just like, I need more than this in 2020. I need more than you asking me if I'm buzzing about your podcast. Because I'm fucking not. <laughs> Quite frankly, I am not. Okay, then. Respect your honesty, friend. But yeah, anyway. So that's. I mean, uh... they're probably not listening. But if you are, I hope afterwards you are buzzing. But if you're not, that's okay, too. Just, you know, glad glad that you're honest about it. <laughs> I mean, maybe they are. Maybe they were like, "Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to listen to it. I'm not. I'm not buzzing about it by any means, but I'll give it a crack." <laughs> you know? I'll see. I'll I'll reserve. I reserve my buzzing until after I've listened to it. Because <laughs> it might just be fucking full of shit as always, and really just not worth my buzzing. <laughs> I will. I will keep it for reruns of Ryland on Supermarket Sweep only. That's the only thing in 2020 that gives me a buzz. Which again. <laughs> I don't blame you, strangers. That's a that's a lifestyle goal. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we've set the tone now. Some people are buzzing, some people are not buzzing. But here we are anyway, just chatting shit in your ears about twenty twenty. So, I mean, there's not loads of good stuff to say about twenty twenty. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like we'll we'll just take it in a stride, but. I don't know if you saw that big fat quiz of the year this year. Um, even they couldn't make it funny. They tried their best. <laughs> I I love that That's show. People struggling for funny stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's a two-hour show. You've got to make it good. And they... It had some of the OGs on there. It just wasn't no good. They, yeah. So I think, you know, we'll try his best. We'll try his best. So, you know, strap in... Make sure you've gone to get your sexy fish takeaway. Get your tracky on. <laughs> Let's get cracking. Let's start with, because, you know, it's not quite a distant memory. Big Christmas has just been, hasn't it? We've just had Big Christmas. And, uh, Selena, you had a bit of a white Christmas, didn't you? Or thereabouts in Manchester? Oh, it, it snowed for, like, half an hour. Um, <laughs> it snowed more today. I opened the door today to go to work and I was like, what? There's snow and now it's gone again. But that's how it happens over here. Like, it snows in the morning and in the afternoon you don't even... It's, it's, it's a distant memory. Oh. But yeah, I, all, all the kiddies I'd spoken to previously had told me it was going to snow on Christmas and I didn't believe them. So listen to the young people. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, more fool you. They've got better intel than you. 
Yeah, I thought they just because they'd all watched Frozen a million times, they were like, it's gonna snow! This is what, you know, watching all the all the kiddie Christmas films and it always snows. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's gonna snow! <laughs> like, wink, wink. <laughs> so I don't even need an iPhone, mate. Right? Just snow. Just, just snow. <laughs> yeah, they're like, stop looking at your app. It's gonna snow. I can feel it in my bones, in my little kiddie bones. And there we are. Well, we had a... Well, you couldn't even call it a light dust in here. It was like someone had dropped some salt <laughs> on the floor for about ten minutes, so... But what's mad is, like, I'm in Leeds and there was other people in Leeds who'd met a snowman. So, excuse well, me. I've seen that today. People have been, like, making snowmen. And I'm like, hmm, I, I don't know where you live that's that far away from where I live. Don't know. Just got it from freezing. <laughs> freezing, <laughs> like, I'm always telling you to defrost this fucking freezer. Right, today's the day. Get it all out. Make a snowman with it. <laughs> Like, now, now, now. Like, yeah, for the gram. Bloody for the gram. Yeah. Well, speaking of being cold at Christmas, um, I went to my parents' house. And, you know, just for clarification, as we all need to do at this time of, well, this whole year, <laughs> is uh, we are in tier three and my parents are my bubble. So, all legit. But anyway, so I went to theirs for Christmas um, and on Christmas Day, basically totally freezing. And for a minute, I forgot about all them years where the heating just was a was a like a fantasy that only was seen on TV or films. The heating was <laughs> the heating was non-existent in my house. And I thought, is it just me? But I thought, no, because I'm under a blanket. I've got all my layers on. I've got my socks on. <laughs> I was fully kitted out. And I was like, he's not had eating on all day, has he? So I got up <laughs> and I touched the radiator. And do you know when it's just like... Like, like it's so cold, cold metal. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you haven't been on for maybe days. So, <laughs> and, and my nose were like, do you know when it hurts? Do you like when... At school, when it was winter, and they try and make you run, and then it like stings your lungs. Yeah, maybe that's like your nose felt. And your and your nose hurts, but like, if your if your nose were running down your face, you wouldn't notice because it was that numb. Yeah, because you couldn't feel it. Yeah. Yeah, but bear in mind, on Christmas Day, it was fucking freezing. So yeah, it was. Anyway, even with oven going, I was like, what? So anyway, I said to my dad, right, dad, take it piss here, like, come on, put eating on. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. Also, it's freezing, like, what? And he goes, he literally said to me, you can have it on at five o'clock. <laughs> what gauge is like, that? The, sun's, the sun has set before then, so that's, it, it can't be saying, oh, it's when the sun goes in there for. Also, just tell him his pipes are going to freeze. I know, isn't it? Like... Where'd you get and five o'clock from? What? What's that about? So anyway, he did actually put it on at five o'clock, but <laughs> he was saying because my mum's trying to trying to like press a button up wall, and he's like, "Leave it alone, you. Leave it alone." And he goes round. He's like, "What have you tried to do here?" And I think he thought she was going to put it on. You know, like I don't know Miami settings. Like you know, a different time. Twenty six degrees or something. I think he must have put it on about sixteen <laughs> degrees or eighteen degrees. But it still, it took took the edge off. So anyway, it were cold. And uh, do you know, like, it made me think about when um, 
Do you know when when you're cooking stuff in oven? I think there's two types of people. When you take when you're finished with oven, do you leave the door open, or do you shut it? Oh. I'll shut a li- what when it's done fully done? Yeah. Oh, I shut it. <clears throat> but um, I I've grown up where we put the heating on it like the first breath of like cold air. <laughs> Like, I always joke of, like, to middle-class friends, I'm like, oh, you just, like, I go around the house, I'm like, I'm freezing, can you put the heating on? They're like, oh, it's not, I'm like, stop being tight, just because just you're rich, stop being tight. <laughs> but then I also know I've got a collection of uh, working-class dads that refuse to put the heating on. Like, they're not my dads. I think my dad puts the heating on because in my grandma's house, she had the heating dangerously high <laughs> because the dads were like, it's cold, I'm from Jamaica. It's like, yeah, what, 50 years ago? <laughs> I'm sure you've climatised <laughs> So, but in yeah, so like uh, we we're literally that family. Like, oh my god, the door's been open for two seconds. Put the eating on, and like people are like, your house is too hot. Take them layers off, then so, cook. It's I've easier never, that way round. <laughs> like my brother walks round like topless in shorts, going, "It's freezing." We're like, well, maybe you put some clothes. On. He's like, "Put the eating on. It's so cold." This out. He says our house is cold. I'm like, you need to go to some people's houses. You need to go to. M's of a dad's house where he don't put the eating on till after five. He needs to come round Al's on Christmas Day, so, bloody hell. Yeah, then he would. So, yeah, we don't, we do, we, why do you leave the door open for heat? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so like my, my oven here, no. it's one of them what, yeah. like the fan just keeps going for about five minutes, then it turns itself off. Even though you've turned everything off, yeah, it's still like whirs on and it's warm. So I leave it open and move my clothes horse in front of it. <laughs> So close, tried. I mean, you could solve this then by just getting an arger. Could just get an arger. That apparently heats the whole house and you can dry your washing on it. So, well, there we go. Or, I'm just saying, I, could I have also a... have a gas oven, so I don't know if it's a bit different. Ah, uh, yeah, mine's electric. Well, here's the thing. Or you could just get a bloody electric, whatever it is I've got in my house, and just dry your bloody clothes straight off the back of it anyway for five solid minutes after you've cooked too. But I noticed... Um, or you could get an arga. Or I could get an arga. I mean, there might be a bit of a price discrepancy there, but who knows? There might be one in catalogue I can get for a few quid a week. But anyway, I noticed that uh, I noticed that Kaz and Al did it on Christmas when they'd finished cooking everything. They had all the doors open. It's one of them where you walk into the kitchen, right? An oven is, like, next to where the door is. So you pretty much just walk in and could just pretty much, like, cut your own head off by walking into the open oven door. Because it's one of them like stand-up ones, so it was pretty pretty dangerous. But you know, got to get that heat round kitchen, aren't you? I mean, just tell him, just put the heating on. You won't need to do that. Let's put that bloody heating on. <laughs> well, in other news, in this house that I'm in at minute, which is like, it's a rented studenty house type where just loads of shit needs doing to it, and you know what it's like, landlords in it. But anyway, when it rains, it rains through my front door, so. The other night when it was like the great storm of whatever it were called, it were like close to mop and bucket shit. Yeah, exactly, right? So, yeah, I thought, oh, this is going to be good. I walked in to have a check on it about eight o'clock, seeing all, because I've got like a thick mat in front of it because the draft is ridiculous. And um, it had soaked all the way through that. And then I lifted it up and it like full on swimming pool underneath. I was like, I'm buzzing. <laughs> Love to get rain in your kitchen. <laughs> sake. Anyway, 
So, oh, do, you know, do you know what I'd like? Sorry, I'm just thinking then. My brother was in a flat once and it had underfloor heating. Oh, That'd be the dream. That oh. is the dream. Oh. It'd, uh, I wouldn't need my foot warmer then. Oh, No, you bloody wouldn't. And if I had this uh, rain coming through my front door, it'd dry it off, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you know, uh, the woman who used to live here, she come round to get some post recently and she says to me, oh, how are you settling in? You know, like chatting away. And then she goes... Is rain still coming through the front door? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. She says, oh, I did tell them about it. I can't believe they've not sorted it yet. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. But no special treatment for me. Don't worry. Still letting it raining on me. What a bloody Good. set of divs. But anyway, so, Christmas. So... Let's talk about, like, the classiness of Christmas. So, like, back when we were kids, you just had any old shite on your tree, didn't you? You had shit that were... I don't just mean, like, what kids make, because that still happens now. But it's, you know, added to, like, a lovely... Is it optic fibre or fibre optic? I always get it the wrong way around. Fibre optic. Yeah, fibre optic. So there's all, like, these fibre optic trees, and they're all, like... (coughs) come with stuff already on them and, and everything's like white light and silver because everything's like, you've got a Dunelm and everything's shiny silver now. It's like this version of classy that's, I mean, it's inverted commas classy, right? <laughs> but like what happened to all the pure shite that we used to have? Like, do you know them things what you stand up on the ceilings? Well, I don't even know what they were, like just weird shapes that you hung up, but they'd been in family for about 47 <clears throat> yeah, years. Because I think things like that, because you used to do like, you cross them in the middle, didn't you? We had all that. Even though I feel like my mum's always tried to go for a classic tree. She has a theme, you see. She's always had a theme. We were never allowed to decorate it as kids. Uh, you know, serious business. But we had all that stuff. But I'm like, I think it was quite 90s. It's out of fashion. And I also think maybe maybe there was one of them, like, you know, them adverts, like those safety adverts. I feel like they could have been a fire hazard. And so they got banned or something. They get banned along with the chip pan. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, yeah, your chip pans up, making it worse, you got all these, like, bits of metallic plastic hanging from your ceiling. Bloody hell. Well, I don't know, I just but... think, like, you, you only just see, like, like maybe it's because of Instagram, right? Because before, people weren't... I was weren't... just thinking that, like, you have, like, an actual photograph when you're opening your presents. Yeah. But you don't really take pictures of your tree and like, like you do now with, like, the internet, like, social media. Well, it makes me think of this picture, right? That there's a picture of me and our Sam, and we've got, do you know, like pajamas, but it's like a different top to the bottom. So from like different yeah. sets of pajamas. Maybe over the years you had an old top, so they threw it away. So you like, ma- you know, mismatching top and bottoms. We look like a yeah. bag of shit. The the walls ain't got any wallpaper on, and we've been drawing on them. Do you know that whole thing where like whenever you didn't have any wallpaper on, everybody'd just draw on it, wouldn't they? And then they'd cover it up after. So, you'd write something on it. Yeah, like help, help! I'm stuck in the wall to try and scare the next people. <laughs> so, it, it were all that, and then the tree were just covered in shite. And I just think, like, I don't know. So, for example, what you can see on this picture, and it reminded me of it, was we had this McDonald's ornament, right? And it's Ronald McDonald, and it were like made out of paper, like cardboard paper, right? Where is this and from? I wonder. <laughs> so, the his hair were like, you know, it's that like it looks like spray on red hair, doesn't it? That he has. Yeah. Like, and that were like a that were fluffy. 
Uh, oh, flocked. Was it flocked? Like a Sylvanian? Like, you know, when it feels a bit oh, fuzzy? Yeah, it was. It was like that, right? So he had that red hair, and then he had his outfit yeah. on. And do you know he had that, like, yellow uh, jumpsuit type thing? And, um, yeah. It, in the middle, it were like... Do you like foldy paper so it, it, it grew longer or oh, shorter? Yeah. 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 And and then he had his little boots on at the end and they were on like uh, pipe cleaners with little red boots on. So, oh my God, that sounds amazing. But because of, over years it'd been, you know, mishandled, let's say, it were just permanently in the stretched out position. So it were like the length of, <laughs> you know, your whole arm just hanging from the tree, this massive Ronald McDonald. <laughs> But then he'd be out every Christmas. Do you know what I mean? You just get the you get the box out the loft, and it'd be like, right, ER kids, here's <laughs> all the shit. Like sometimes with tree decorations, like you, if you've committed to two or three years, you have to put it on the tree every year. Yeah, you know, you're including like, What's this thing in the box, and you're like, oh, just just put it on the tree, and you're like, um, okay. Like, where did but that do even think... come from? <laughs> what's the story with that? I do reckon it because like all my Christmas pictures are like the trees in the background, but it's not the focal point. And then there's always like a very busy carpet, possibly wallpaper, possibly not. My mum likes to decorate quite often, and there's loads of crap on the floor, you know. But I feel like now, and my sister texts me on Christmas Eve, like if I see another fucking idiot in matching pajamas posting a picture, I'm gonna. Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you okay? She's like, I mean, it's nice, but also no. I, I think because we were like we we're like by the end of. Like by last week, we were all just like we're too tired. We don't. We can't even bother having Christmas dinner. But yeah, it's very much now like we've all got matching pajamas on. We've got this fancy tree. You know, it's a full setup in it. It's like a photo shoot. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure that seconds afterwards, the kids gonna start eating all the stuff off the bottom. All the cats are gonna <laughs> sit in in it, and um, it's gonna be pure chaos. But anyway, yeah, I wonder if uh, if when I said that, anybody else has remembers that Ronald McDonald ornament. <laughs> Oh my god, I I need to find a picture. But do you know what I did? I have enjoyed this year. I have enjoyed more people going a bit all out with the lights and stuff. You can tell that people are like, it's been a shit year, so I'm gonna, and people putting it up earlier and things like that. Oh yeah. Especially because like loads all the all the all the kids that know you know loving it just like seeing the lights, and it, you know it's quite nice. Definitely think people have decided to put more of an effort into putting lights up and stuff. Well, just like Don't thinking if about got Ronald um... on the inside, though. <laughs> they wish they had Ronald. <laughs> um, just like thinking about just having a bit of joy, wasn't it? You know, in November. Yeah. And I think this kind of leads us into one of the other topics that we'll probably talk about is just people being dickheads to each other. Um, and that is one of the themes we'll talk about as a review of the year. But like people were just putting their trees up in, I don't know, like mid-November or whatever. And I was just like, go on, mate. Whenever I saw it on socials, I was like, go on, mate. Because just just let people have something nice to look forward to, innit? Just bang all Christmas yeah. films on. Because at the end of the day, there's that many Christmas films now, that many Christmas songs. If you put your tree up on, like, Christmas Eve, you're not going to have a chance to, like, properly get in the zone, are you? And, like, watch all the stuff and, like, just let people do it. Let people fucking do it whenever they want. Just bring that joy in. I bring it in June. Well. <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, I think because my sister was like, my nephew's at an age now where he was getting into Christmas. And, like, people that have worked from home, I've been looking at the same, like, four walls for the most of the year. 
So, you know, mixing it up a bit, changing it up, you know, putting yeah. a tree in your room. It's like, oh, it looks different. Yeah, and it's like, you've got, you don't have to think, oh, I need to go and buy a, a load of stuff to decorate. Because to be fair as well, because it's been COVID, the people that have done that have already done it anyway. You know, they've already banged yeah. a couple of shelves up or like tried their hand at yeah, some of a DIY. Summer. Yeah, that, that were three weeks around uh, Easter. <laughs> so by Christmas, you're like, there is a thing like a box of stuff that it opens up all of a sudden. Things that you hadn't already done while you're in quarantine. Done it. Because yeah, n- so, nobody's so watching that stuff. Yeah. So it's like, right, and I know it's going to make me feel better. And it's all good. So, yeah, let, let them at it. Let them at it. Love it. But anyway, so if we think about Big 2020, just touched on that there. Maybe let's start there because then we get that out of the way and we can talk about other stuff. But... People just being a bit horrible all the time. <laughs> being a bit horrible all the time. Being a lot horrible all the time. And I think... I'd like to think that maybe people got it off the chest by now. But I don't think they have. And... It's... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, <clears throat> it's that weird thing, like, at the start of all this, like, back in March, it was that whole, we're all in this together... Be kind. Uh, and by the end of it, I'm the first person to admit I've got zero patience for anybody or anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand that we're all like, everyone's doing my head in. I've got no patience for people. But I've also got manners. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not rude. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just, Yeah, I feel like that whole, like, you know, people clapping and rainbows and, Looking out, I'm like, that lasted, like, not very long. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. There's... Like, everyone's fed up. But, you know, there's no need to be a dick. Yeah, and I think, like, the phrase, we're all in this together, seems to only count for certain people. <laughs> it's it's a bit like all lives matter, isn't it? It's like, yeah. well... It's always the um, more privileged people as well, I think. Yeah, because, you know, I can't believe you're not out there banging a pan and singing for NHS. But then the same people, like, just chatting shit about loads of other things or being really judgmental. And I just think, mate, right, yes, the phrase, we're all in this together. It, it only works when you think of it in that everybody's devoted. Everybody's disappointed. Everybody's having a really shit time. For the first time, probably, well, at least in our lifetimes, when have you had an occurrence collectively where everybody was impacted by the same thing? Yeah, it's on ver- like a variety of levels and everybody's got these different levels of privilege and, and all that stuff. But this really big thing has had an impact on everybody. There's nobody that hasn't had an impact from this. So, yeah. That's what they need to fucking think about when they're saying that phrase. Everybody is having a tough time, so maybe don't make it even more tough by being a proper prick on the internet. Like, or or in real life, obviously. I mean, from my side, I see it mostly on the internet because <laughs> I'm a shut-in. But, you know, it's just... It's just mad. And I just think y- you can... You can have your reactions to stuff, but it's your choice whether you say it and talk about it or you just let it go. And it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. You know, it, I feel like you, you can sit on social 
And like for me, I'm on my own, right? I've been on my own all the way through quarantine. And um it's really it's really tough. Like I if if I be honest with people about it, which I don't like to be honest with people about it, because you're just basically just totally gonna just bum everybody out. Do you know what I mean? And then you you're also aware that I've also got loads of privilege in, in the situation I'm in. Do you know what I mean? I'm lucky to have a job. You then start kind of bringing out all these straws, don't you? Like, I'm lucky to work from home. And you just think, I'm just not going to say, oh, I'm just going to crack on with it. And, and all that is tough. And it's tough in loads of different ways for loads of different people. I think it's just sometimes realising that some people are, I guess, so close to like feeling like they're just going to break or so upset or so despairing that your one comment or your, um, I don't know, sharing of a passive-aggressive fucking stupid meme or in real life, you know, passive-aggressive crossing the road when everybody knows just you cross the road, just be polite about it. Do you know what I mean? If you are two people walking towards each other on a path, just say, hiya, you're right, and, and walk around them. You don't need to huff and like be a dick for no reason like stop it um but yeah i think there's just been a lot of that but you know understanding that some people maybe have never had i don't want to say like real shit happened to it but you know significant shit like this that they've ever had to think about how their well emotions affect others i think like for me that one was saying the other day oh i think it's made people friendly i was like where are you going she's like you know when you're in the park people say hello and i'm just like that's it come come to work and i'll i'll show you after 10 minutes people are not friendlier and i think it's definitely like widened the gap for me like it's made it more glaringly obvious like it working in retail it's you know it's been a tough year for like say for, for everybody it's been but it's particularly particularly tough for like um disabled people it's been particularly tough for black people very tough for working class and like people you know who are like super poor and like when we reopened there was people just spending money like it's going out of fashion i'm just like people haven't got jobs this is wild you know and then you know people the majority of people we get people are like completely and utterly rude to us just because we're asking them to do two things which is wear a mask and sanitize or wash their hands and we've had people flip their lids at us. And it just shows, it's like, I'm asking you to do one thing that is like the said, it's the done thing now, you know, it's not new. It's what we do. And people literally shout at you as if you ask like, them to like shit in their hands and smear it in their face. <laughs> and it just, it just, and it's like, it just shows that like, you've never once, you know, people kicking off being like, it's the authority, it's the government. You know, I've, I've heard enough conspiracy theories in my life to last me a fucking lifetime. And it's this thing that's like, you just don't want to do it because I've asked you to do it. And yeah. then you say why you've asked. Like, I've I've asked you for the safety of staff and other customers. And then they kick off being like, why? What for? And it's just like, you don't, you know, just calm down. Literally, you don't have to talk to me like I'm a piece of shit. I've just asked you to do one thing. And it's this weird thing that you can tell people that, like, I'm thinking there's people that still haven't left the house. There's people that are vulnerable and you're kicking off because you can't come in a shop without a mask on or you can't come in a shop and you've just sanitized your hands next door i don't care but like people literally kicking off going all i want to do is shop and it's like oh my god <laughs> some people might just want to you know not be alone or live or survive yeah. but you're like I, you know and it's this yeah it's such a huge thing it's just like whoa 
I just want to not die when I come to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because at the end of the day, they've got a choice. They could just buy online. They could just stop being a prick and buy online. But you haven't got that opportunity. Oh, all right, I'm just going to dial into the shop and work from home. Like, you can't do it. Yeah, because I just want it to be normal. I just want things to get back to normal. It's like, yeah, but not these, these are people that are either, I think you're working from home or you're not customer facing. So it's like, yeah, but it's a lot safer for you to go to work than it is for all these other people. But yeah, and they're just like, I just want it to be normal. Like, like it's back to normal. It's like, I'm actually not. I don't want to be here. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, it's like, do you, you know, know when I don't want to work in a shop during a global pandemic at Christmas? It's when I don't want to work in a shop. <laughs> Just to have anybody say silly things like, of course, everybody in the world wants everything to go back to normal, especially them people who are on the fucking forced front line with your dickhead faces without masks on. Like, shut up and go away. But anyway, there's been a lot of that. And, you know... If we're thinking about the full year as well, we talked a lot about, um, you know, virtue signalling before and um, kind of this performative thing. And I think, I mean, I don't know what you think, Selena, on this, but I think there's been people maybe for the first time in their life thinking, oh, shit, like, there's this world I didn't really think about before or really engage with before and I really need to. So they kind of felt this pressure, I guess, to share or to be seen to be doing stuff. But then, I don't know, like, let's find that quote. So there's this quote, and it is, um, we were aware we had blind spots. They were still blind spots. And when I read that, I thought about this idea of sometimes, like, just just acknowledge that maybe your voice isn't needed that you talking through your processes is not not needed. People don't need to hear it. And sometimes, like, you know, just, just acknowledge it. So, there's you know, if your group of friends or your family is all white, middle class, straight, you know, all these different levels of privilege, just acknowledge that. So, okay, then, you maybe don't need to talk at the moment or just give someone else your platform or... Like, chill out and go away, read some books, whatever it is. I think there was a lot of that in 2020 for lots of different people in ways that they wouldn't have done unless they were pushed to do, you know? Yeah, I think it's been a weird year. Like, I I love to joke about, I keep calling it the year that racism was invented or the year (laughs) that people realised racism. You know, I keep being like, December 2020 when everyone was like, oh, racism exists. Mm." Um. And it's, but I think the fact that people were at home and spending more time on the internet, I don't know, it, like I said, it made people panic and like not know how to handle it. And But then also it made people see it more and be more engaged. Like this isn't like the whole, but you know, the fact that so many things have hit the news that may not have ordinarily, like I think it's made everything magnified. So therefore it's made like brought, like you were saying, people... I feel like maybe in summer people were aware of issues beyond their lives, but now in winter everyone's just back to the fact that they can't do whatever they normally do, go on holiday, go to the shops, I don't know, whatever. You know, it's this weird thing. It was like a season of of trying to be woke. I hate that word, but you know what I mean? And I don't know if that was because, like I say, it was magnified, so everybody was sort of paying attention. You know, the fact that we had to, you know, like the fact that, 
key workers were now people that you would just be like, oh, I just work in a supermarket. And the fact at the beginning of the year, people were like, I'll do anything to help out. I'll even work in a supermarket. And I'm like, do you know what? I'd like to see you have worked in the supermarket. They're the only people that haven't had, they, you know, they haven't been on furlough. They've been working nonstop. They probably had way more abuse than I've got in like a slightly bougie shop compared to supermarket. And, you know, I'm thinking, people like, I'll even work there. I'm like, yeah, go and work there. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden these, these jobs that were like, you know, delivery people that were kind of looked down upon, non-skilled, you know, for the working class were like key workers you know all these things people were like paying attention to i don't know and like even like care workers because they're you know they're everybody knows they're like criminally underpaid and all like this light was shining on it so like you know you couldn't really ignore these facts i don't know my point was i think my point was i agree and then people suddenly like oh yeah all these things but you know not knowing how to handle it which is fine because you know none of us have been in a global pandemic before plus all the other stuff that's been going on on the side of it you know none of us know how to handle it but i think the fact that it was magnified and everyone was kind of screaming into the void of the internet just made it a bit like what is going on what yeah for sure and i think one of the things that stood out as well was people taking the time to share stuff and be like, you all should be reading this. When at the same time, what they could have been doing is learning more themselves or, do you know, it was that like weird performative thing or, or deciding when to be like a top activist. Do you know, like, so another thing that's related to that is like use of the phrase key worker, like you just said, it's like, it were like a smoke and mirrors market employee. Because they were like, oh, yeah, key workers, and it were all the NHS. NHS, absolute, you know, salt of the earth, let's say, absolute heroes, totally, give them a clap, bang your bean cans and your bloody pans and whatever on front doorstep because they deserved it. But, like, they use the phrase key worker or frontline staff because at the end of the day, people never really thought about all the people that make their lives possible. Yeah. Yeah. People just went through life thinking, oh, yeah, and the bin fairy comes and takes my rubbish and the windows just get cleaned by the fairies and the tube runs by fairies. And it, and it was that thing that's like, you know, I've, I've heard it working in a shop, you know, people saying stuff like, oh, we're so grateful for you to be working. Like, people say, it happens at Christmas if you hate it. Oh, thanks for coming on Boxing Day. Do you think I want to come in on Boxing Day? No. You know, and people like thanking you, and they're like, "Oh, we need to thank them." Like, obviously, thank them. You know, but also the fact that like this is their job, this is what they do all the time, and it's this weird thing. Like, it's like they've chosen to do it to save people. It's like this is just their to their job, which is now actually quite a dangerous job, in terms of the situation they're in. But but yet also these people are still like give it a month's time, they'll be viewed as less than. None of them have got raises when they should have done. And it, yeah, it's this weird like. Not all heroes wear capes, but also, <laughs> why the fuck is there no Brussels sprouts? Did you know what I mean? It's like, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, I think it's this weird. It's such a, yeah, such a weird position to be in. <laughs> it's like none of these will be frontline staff. You want to be frontline staff for the glory, but also you realise that you're probably not going to get paid that much and can't keep up your lifestyle. So. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, and you know. 
sharing a post about, you know, or going after somebody on Twitter saying, I've seen you in your garden. Like, like going after someone. When, do you know what? Someone's going to break the rules, they're going to break the rules, right? That That's what's going to happen. But you can spend your time getting angry at everybody or you can, like, go to a food bank or you can, like, do some nice shit. It's hard. This year has been shit. Just go do something nice. But just don't be a dick. Like, I think what I'm trying to say, basically, is there's them people who, like you just said, are, oh, thank you, you know. Yeah. But, like, it's the first time you've really thought about this stuff. So you're going to say some stupid shit and people are going to be offended by it because you're basically Lord Fauntleroy and you haven't got a clue about the real world. Like, just just chill out. Like, <laughs> have a word. Have a sit down. Have a think. Do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> just stop being a dick. Everybody just stop being a dick. <laughs> um, stop shouting at me. Just stop. I just stop shouting. That's all I wanted to say always. Like, just don't talk to me like this. Stop talking to me like this. And then I was just thinking, I can't even imagine, you know, like when people were like panic buying in supermarkets. I was like, those those people at work just, oh, I can't even imagine. Well, no. do you know, like, I was talking to my mum the other day about how it's been. So she, she is a receptionist in a GP surgery. And she said that people were literally waiting outside for a person to be let in. So, you know, they've got, like, them, them like, spinny door things, but they're now almost like a gatekeeper. So yeah. you have to wait outside, and then you have to say who you are, and sometimes you have to say your symptoms. Not exactly private, but it is what it is. Then you have to go into the, like, spinny bit, and then they let you out on the other side. And they've got, like, you know, the big visor things on. And they've got all the sanitizer, and it, you know it's there to protect the staff. The staff are still there to make sure you see a doctor. That to make sure that other people in the building are also safe, and also that you're safe because the person behind you might have COVID. But like the amount of shit that you know, and this is just a GP surgery. Imagine what it's like, you know, just walking into places like dropping clinics, A and E's, etc. Oh god, and. She said that people are literally waiting for the bit where the door opens and they are piggybacking and jumping in so they can get in. So what they're doing is they're then coming into that, you know, space where there's air, literally airtight while the thing spins around with this other person. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Like, just, what are you fucking you'll get doing? Seen. You just have to wait. It, it's we'll just beyond. Just be, just be patient. Yeah, and while you're there, like, if you haven't already got COVID, what if this person's got it, you clown? You've got it now. <laughs> what are you doing? It's just, I think this world of, um, like, being very... Is it self-centric or self-centred? Like, whatever the phrase is. Just thinking you're you're in, like, this bubble and it, it's only you that matters. You know, I think... Well, that's the thing. Like I was saying, we say to people... We ask you to do these things to keep the staff and other customers safe. They're just like, but why? And you're like, because I literally don't want to come to work and catch COVID because you can't do one thing I ask you to do. It's like, but I'm fine, so I don't care about anybody else. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but you should. Yeah, so we went from, you know, the world being like, do you know what? We need to care about other people 
to actually yeah. just go in back into like, well, fuck you. You're in tier four. I'm like, in tier f- whatever. Like, yeah, it's not fair. You get to go to a pub. Shut up. <laughs> fucking like the Hunger Games, I tell you. <laughs> it is like It was Hunger like Games. when I was opening the door to work on Sunday. I was like, what the fuck? Running in. I was like, well, you know, I'm sure you'll survive without your bar of soap. I simply must have some soap. It is the most important it thing. Like, <laughs> crawling over me whilst I'm opening the door, and I'm just like, yeah, great, thanks. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what's to become, how we'll all pan out if we're, you know... Like I said, because I get everyone's, you know, adding off. It's been a very... It's a slog of a year. You know, patience is thin. But I don't know... If people will be like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I realise now. I was, I was just angry and annoyed. Like, who isn't? But, you know, you need to, like, like you said, just sit sit on it for a minute. It'll blow over. Also, you know, just thinking about intent. So I've been thinking a lot over the past few months, you know, given that I'm just literally on my fucking own all the time in this house. I've never had so many existential crises, Selena. As as a person <laughs> who is constantly in an existential crisis, this year has just been unreal. Be like, too far too much time on my hands to just be sitting thinking with my stupid thoughts. But it's one of them where, if you think about intent, right, What what is your intention when you're doing something? And like, you can think of it in terms of, you know, before you post something on social or before you say something to someone that you might regret. You know, this concept of just taking a breath, having a think, maybe don't say that, you know? Maybe considering that your lens on the world and your thoughts is really not that important. It doesn't have to be said right now. You're not that important. Like, I think intention's a big thing. So... You know, just just have a fucking think before you react. Everybody's having a shit time. Yes, you are having a shit time. It makes it harder for you to be calm. Maybe you're just constantly angry all the time. But yeah, the other people at the other end of that don't need to deal with it. And also just accept that if you want to behave like that, people will think you're a dick because you are one. You know, there's no, yeah, but it's a global pandemic. Yeah, it is for everybody, mate. Like, if you are still behaving like that... I'll go around. Shouting at each other. Yeah, you, you make your choices and you live with the consequences. There's accountability to this, mate. And there's receipts on internet now as well. So just fucking behave. Anyway, <laughs> to segue into um, <laughs> nice things and how how do we get people to stop being so angry to see, you know, that the world around us is important and people have, you know... Like actual struggles all the time, not just in COVID. There are people that always have struggles, and then in COVID, it's just magnified even more, right? And I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of people, I guess, who um, are great, and we'll talk about, you know, our kind of heroes of the year. But let's start with Marcus Rashford because, you know, insert a round of applause sound effect. Um, what a legend! Where's that banging me pans. Yes, get your pans out. Woo! Clap, clap, clap. Some pans. Yeah. <laughs> the man's a legend. Yeah, and I think that I don't want to say like a, a you know like oh a surprise hero or anything like that. I love I love the fact that you know I think as well 
you know, because we were in certain circles, like suddenly everybody was like, I'm an activist, but really they were just sharing a wavy infographic. Yeah. You know, and everyone was like self-appointed. I've got an opinion and that person's got an opinion, but that person's wrong. And I know that like, we were saying that before that happened a lot. I like the fact that we've got this kind of person who, you know, is just a bit normal. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not the way to describe it. Do you know what I mean? You know, there's a young lad. He's a footballer, you know, making lots of money doing his footballing as they do <laughs> and just just saw something was like that's not right and then like it snowballed into this into this big thing but like this big like totally positive thing and you know it was great to see especially it's not someone who's like shouting about and being like look at this thing that i've done everybody hey pay attention to me i win 2020 <laughs> and all superheroes wear capes <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, it's true, and yeah. it's he's outside of the echo chambers. It doesn't matter what scene you're in, you know, or what think, your politics are. He's just a stand-up dude who, like you say, is not doing it for the clout or like the thing that. Because I don't know anything about football, right? But obviously, like I think I've told you before, my family is very much like traditional working class. Loads more men than there is women, and also the women are like all all like my auntie. My cousins, they all go watch sports games. They've all got season tickets. Like, I'm like the fucking weirdo who don't know anything about sport. So when I said about Marcus Rashford, I was like, you know, what, what's his deal? Is he decent? And they were like, he's actually a mint football player. So it's not even yeah. like he's done it because, you know... To, to get his name on the map. Yeah, for a bit like, of extra clout. He's already mint. He's already a great football player. I think that's the thing as well. I think he's also like done some good football in this year. So, you know, he's pleasing everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing it because he's like, do you know what? That guy's a bit shit. But if he does some, you know, nice PR stunts, people will still like him. Nah, he's got loads of money. Like, it's just, he's and decent. Think... He doesn't have to do this stuff. He's just doing it because, like you said, he's seen something. It's not right. I'm going to do something about it. And that's yeah. what's mostly like, pure about it. That was me growing up. And, you know, I'm now in a much better position than when, when I was growing up. So I'm going to say something and get something done. And I think because he because he is a footballer and a footballer for, like, the world's one of the world's most famous clubs, it's meant that, you know, he realised his name had a lot of clout because he's, you know, he's quite famous. Like, even, you know, I wouldn't... I think I had heard of him. Um just because I'm always like to my brother do you know this person <laughs> do you know this it's a uh, black man from Manchester who's similar to you you must know him because he probably knows, he knows everyone um, but do you know what I mean it's kind of like the fact that it, it, it is this big name but like, like now lots of people know who he is and for like good reason yeah that's the dream that innit like if you, if you could live your life and just be known for stuff like that so I'm just a great footballer, I'm a good dude, and I just did all this extra shit. Like, also, none of it were easy, were it? It weren't just, oh, I did a PR stunt and someone took a picture of me dropping some carry bags off at bloody British Art Foundation. Like, man's putting <laughs> in graft, isn't he? Like, he is proper putting in graft. He's battling with uh, government people. I'm, I don't know anything about the government. All them people, do you know what I mean? He's, he's scrapping with them on Twitter. He's standing up for himself. They told him no, then they ended up having to say yeah because don't be a dick. Like, the internet will show you up for being a dick, Boris, and all your mates and all your cronies. 
and like it's putting in proper work it's like liaising with different uh like local what are they called uh what are they called like organizations and yeah there's like a there's like a word isn't they local somethings anyway them like groups of people like local councils and he is putting in some graft and he will be getting shit like there will be people who are like oh well, give it a rest marcus like come on mate but he's doing it thing, and it's a perfect example of like i think there was that thing you know when people like compare what news headlines say it was like you know He's a black man, which I feel like is a struggle this year. Yep. He's working class. He's he's from the north, which has also been a bit of a struggle this year. We've not had the best press as Manchester. Um, you know, and like so he was doing all this good shit and then you got like fucking Tory papers doing headlines like, Oh, he's saying feed the poor starving kids at school, but he's buying himself five houses. I'm like, oh, Do you know yeah. what? Yeah. It's his money, he earned it, he can do what the fuck he wants, and he's like I'm buying houses to secure my family's future. It's like, yeah, he's grown up with no money. He's like, got money. It's like, we, we all know footballers get paid a lot, but they're like trying to shame him. What were they trying to say? Like, why didn't he just give all his own money to the food banks? I don't know what they wanted from him, but they were a bit trying to be like, like trying to make him not legit because he now earns loads of money. And they were like, oh, he's campaigning for free school meals, but he's just bought five houses in Cheshire or whatever they were saying. Well, it's like, it's all that thing in it where they'll find whatever way they can to tear someone down. Like, we know anyway, for for everybody who's working class, there's always something. Like when people say, oh, I thought thought you didn't have any money. I've seen it in summer holidays. You've been to Florida. (laughs) Whatever, isn't it? Like, well, you always say you've got no money and you're playing the poor card. How have you got a Ralphie jumper on? Like, mate, everyone's always trying to tech people down or using that stupid playing the poor card phrase. Just, just fuck off. Again, another one to shut up and piss off is just let people <laughs> spend the money how they want to spend it. Like, I had this chat with someone on Instagram in the DMs about, because um, they posted something uh, about public school. Do you like, would would you send your kids, if you had money, would you send your kids to private school? And this person is totally decent, like, you know, a nice, like, decent, respectful, open chat about it on Instagram. And they are not working class. Um, and so I replied and I was like, nice to see that. Because, you know, people weighing in lots of stuff, but I, I feel like people don't weigh in on class and race um, anywhere near as much as some other things. And it's like, we're having a chat. And then they said, oh, um, you know, a friend of mine was saying, you know, it's kind of up to people. You know, like if you're working class, when you get older and, and if you come into money you know, you can make that difference and, and stop, like, this kind of pipeline. And I said, well, not really. Like, if... It's like, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? If you come into money and you had a shit education and you're like, do you know what? Like, the way this world works, capitalism is rule, you know, the the world works a certain way. I want my kid to do well. You can't hate a working-class person for sending the kid to private school. Like, that's not really the solve to this. No. You know, um, so I think that there is lots of people, even though they mean well, like often will kind of fall into these traps of things that they've heard or things that they they think, oh, that that seems legit. But it's always kind of shaming or blaming the working classes as if they're the problem. It's like no, the world is built a certain way. Like 
if if working class people come into money, let them spend whatever they want. Like, it's not it's not for anybody to police that. It's ridiculous. Like, if he yeah, wants to like buy people, five houses, people let him. Already, people already had money to start with. They don't get told how they can and cannot spend their money. Yeah. Like, they don't get shamed into it. You yeah. know, people that have several houses and holiday homes and... And have benefited whatever. from all that stuff. You know, in their formative years, benefited from all that stuff. Never had, like, I don't know, a mouse in the fucking pillowcase. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they've, they've lived a lovely life with a they second house in Kent. about the fact that that maybe the only meal they'll get that day is the free school meal at school. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, but, do you remember um, on Twitter when it were like, uh, McDonald's came out and said, we'll give we'll give all the kids oh, a free meal. Right. And then I seen it and I was like, fucking hey, McDonald's, yeah, nice one. Like, McDonald's, yeah, capitalism. Sometimes you all just need to shut up about capitalism. That's how the world is. You know, if you want to be a socialist, cool. But it's not realistic, is it, at the moment? Like, if you're poor, you can't be like, oh, I'm just going to be a socialist and starve to death. Like, let all my kids die. <laughs> like, there's there's an element of choice here. Like, if you want to be middle class and a socialist, cool. Give all your money away. Live the life of a pauper. Crack on. Do whatever you want. It's different if you haven't got choices and you're poor. Like, the, the kids... When like when I saw it, it like, legitimately made me emotional because I was like, McDonald's don't have to do anything. They don't... Yes, or like, oh, it's just a PR thing. Who gives a shit? The kids are getting fed. Like, <laughs> it don't matter, does it? Like, what? No. Give, they don't have to do it's this. Like... McDonald's will continue until the world ends. Until the day of the apocalypse, McDonald's will be open. Chip. Chips it don't matter. Will be there. Yeah, exactly. Cockroaches and chips and the golden fry. Nothing, not any of them golden fries will have even got mould on them. They'll be perfectly edible <laughs> after the apocalypse. And it will be in a museum in the future worlds. They don't need this PR stunt. They've, they've made a choice. They didn't have to do it. So fuck off. It's, again, just this negative stuff all the time. Like, yes, everything is problematic. Yes, you know, there's a bright side or there isn't a bright side. But... All the people that want to chat shit, you need to understand that when people ain't got no fucking money, leave them be. Do just do nice things for them. Like stop making things shit all the time. Let the kids have some McDonald's. Let the kids have some decent stuff. It's like when people say as well, um, oh, you know, uh, in the food banks it's all like rubbish. They don't have any fresh food, mate. There ain't no fucking fridges in food banks. Most of it is. Yeah, it's like like the storage just is not set for it. You can't have fresh food sitting on the shelves and in a week's time it's like, well, that's got off. Yeah, don't police what people are eating. Just it, it's let them eat out. whole thing, you know. I think I saw that a bit this year with, like, free school meals and all that and people being like, well, you know, like obviously, like, food banks at all-time low and, like, people really struggling and then people are like, well, what's wrong with people? I get a fabulous meal to start at 50 pence. I go and get, like, 10 pence chard and 5p kale and, you know, I've made a great meal and you're like, is that that whole thing and people are like are you actually that stupid I grow you, all you, my you own made, herbs yeah great you made this really tasty meal you're going to feed a family of five on your reduced soggy greens yeah no. also like, it's like shut your mouth no, not everybody's got a garden that they can grow the tomatoes and the onions in also you can't just have tomatoes and onions for your dinner like that's the thing I'm like, it's like no no, just stop. Just stop talking. So, yeah, there was lots of that going around. And just people like, oh, you're an idiot. <laughs> so, you know, I like to think that Marcus Rashford is like 
is at that level of crossover, you know, don't matter what scene you're in, don't matter your politics, is like footballers are like superstars, aren't they? Right? Global, massive pop stars. Like everybody yeah. knows him. He is perfect because he's legit. Like, he's proper legit, he's doing good, he's well respected, and his reach is massive. So really, even if you don't give a fuck you are you're still seeing his story you still know he exists you still know he's doing good stuff you're just choosing not to do it about it yourself or you're choosing to you know believe some tory headlines about it i just think it's absolutely mint and, and i think you know I, and i think he will have brought to attention something that a lot of people wouldn't have known about they wouldn't have thought and then been like yeah that is a bit shitty do you know what i mean like people might not have even thought about it and then they have and then they're like wait a minute Right, so yeah, you know, kind of realizing that why why is this the way this is? Why are they they not carrying on with the free school meals? You know, like if people don't have them already, don't know it's a thing, then they, they you know they've been alerted to it. Yeah. By making it like headlines. Yeah, and and this idea of handouts, you know, like actually giving a real example that a handout sometimes it is someone doesn't freeze by sleeping on the street in the night. You know, there are all these charities around the world that help people that you just never see because you're lucky, you know, and you don't have to get your back up and be defensive for being lucky. Like, shut up with all that business. Like, there's all these things that happen and you have no idea and they all need your money more than you, like, crowdfunding for a fucking space or, I don't know, crowdfunding to get your poem published. Like, that shit sits directly next to people who have not got a bed to sleep on, or kids who literally starve. In 2020, in the world that we fucking live in, in the Western world as well, that everyone thinks is, like, top rich, kids literally starve. Like, what the fuck is this world that we live in? Like, I was reading this, um, I was reading this article in the New Yorker about um, Arkansas in America, and the actually in the middle of this state there are thousands of people and this is just one state right i'm sure it happens everywhere else um and i you know again i had no idea this happened till i read this article was that people have no access to sewage um facilities right so then you think well what does that mean well actually what it means is if you're living in a trailer like you're when you flush the toilet there is no sewage like here in in where we are in the uk there's loads of sewage plants you know you know that if you flush the toilet or you use the taps or whatever it goes somewhere and you don't have to think about it if you're lucky you know in arkansas you've got people who are you know and that's another thing right people who live in trailers sometimes people i think there's an assumption that that is like council housing in america people own the trailers as well do you know what i mean like the the misconception of what a trailer is but anyway that's another story um they don't have anything to like take the sewage away so for loads of people they just have um like makeshift pits and they have two pipes like hoses where they kind of hose the sewage when it gets into a pile into the ground but then if you imagine all the people that are living you know, sharing things like electric and gas and whatever, they kind of need to live together. But then all them people in all them households with all the times that you're flushing the toilet and all that sewage, there's only so much mud 
you know what I mean? That you can, like, the it's creating ringworm and diseases that haven't been seen since the medieval times. You know, it's creating, like, fucking rickets. Because people are having to live with piles of actual human shit outside the houses that they've paid for, that they live in, like, in America. Like, what the fuck? But people don't understand this stuff. They don't see it. So when they do, you're like, God, what can I do about this? You know? But, you know, there was a really interesting bit in that article that it was kind of centred around this woman who um, had kind of just gone, do you know what? Let, Let my pride go out the window on this one. I am ill. My two kids are ill. Everybody in my community is suffering. And, you know... We all know about working class pride. You know, it's not something that you want to be like, hi guys, yeah, I'm really struggling to feed my kid because somebody would be like, well, you're a shit mum, I'm going to ring social because that's the fucking shitty world that we live in. And this woman just decided to like start writing to like Congress people, you know, like the American important people. <laughs> I was trying to think of the word there. And, oh you know, and putting <laughs> it out there and being like, she, she had... Um, Joe Biden back in his like old role she had Hillary Clinton she had a bunch of people come out and be like look at where we live you know I'm not on a government handout I bought this trailer not that it matters but do you know what I mean I think people need to kind of know this stuff it's like what the hell why have we not got sewage facilities it's insane and um, yeah I think you know she she kind of kind of stood up there and got rid of that pride and said, look, I'm, I'm not having this, something's got to be done. And you just think of all them other people who wouldn't say anything or, you know, feel like they can't for that kind of shame and all that shit that comes with it and just live this way, you know, dying, literally dying, have your kids dying or getting cancer and all sorts of stuff because they live in right next to piles of human shit. Like what? What on earth, 2020? I mean, it's hap- you know, it's not just this year, but I just think with all the shit, the literal shit that's been going on this year, the one thing that we need to take from this is empathy, you know? And the yeah. more people that we can get on a on a world stage saying this stuff and stopping going, well, actually, they're problematic in 12 other different ways. It's just like, do you know what? Shut up. Like, yes. <laughs> it, yes, let's, de- let's debate things. Let's discuss things. But, like, do you know who was really good at it? Old AOC, right? So on the day of the election, AOC was buzzing, like, this is amazing, get the Democrats in, give it two or three days, and then afterwards she was like, right, but now we need to make some changes. Kamala, this bad. Joe Biden, this bad. Do you know what I mean? But you can still celebrate and you can still be like, this is great. And then you could go, right, let's get real, let's get shit done. Cool. Don't just stop chatting shit. <laughs> You're a dickhead. <laughs> People have got real problems. It's like like that Sear album. I'm going to get off my soapbox now, but like, do you remember that Sear album? It was called Some People Have Real Problems. It stays in my head all the time. I just think, yeah, get a grip. Get a fucking grip. <laughs> I feel like that sums it up, though. It is like some people have... I mean, I feel like it is the year of, of the of the in air quotes the Karen you know people calling each other out being you know I don't know it, yeah it's it's oh it's been a, oh, it's been a funny old year hasn't it 
<laughs> yeah. In the ten minutes it takes to write a fucking hot take on Twitter, give a tenner to a food bank and shut up. <laughs> but anyway, but- to to segue off that because honestly, like think i need to have a drink as well i feel like my throat hadn't said this many words because i just sit in this house not saying no but um what about that other guy that andy burnham he were repping for big manchester wasn't he oh it was weird because like obviously everybody goes on about um the north south divide but then everyone denies it and then everyone up north is always like oh you think it's shit up north but we're happy you don't all want to come to london and you know and I like you don't. It's not a dig at like people who are from there. It's more the fact that it's the people in it that are self-important. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's generally the people who are running the government who are like, this is where we're more important than some place I've never heard of. Like the further north you get, you've gone this year. The shitter it's been for, oh, for totally. like northern towns. Um, but yeah, but it, it's been very much like. You know, I've seen some brilliant graffiti around around old Manchester over I the past few have. months, <laughs> and that's that. You know, things like that. That's been like just in general, like just general graffiti has gone like skyrocketed this year. I was like, but I was like, why is it because of lockdown, or is it? Like, I think some more kids are getting into it. You know, because he he knows a few. He knows a few of the names, and like yeah, and like just seeing people like po- put posters up and stuff. I don't know. It's that weird thing where you think people are more aware and politicised. Like I said, I think the gap's just widened. I think the people that were already a little bit aware are, like, more wanting to, like, are angrier. But then the people that were unaware are even more unaware and, like, more concerned with themselves. But I think that, that, that'll prove for a good thing in the future. You know, more angry people. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, he's, you know... I think it's very, it's been very much this weird, like, fuck yous, we'll do what we want, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is bizarre. But also, yeah, I don't know, I, I guess it's, it, it's been quite an insular thing. So even if you're just from a place, that'll feel, but just not even that, because you only kind of know what's going on in you, quite close to you. Because yeah. it was a time when, you know, I was like to people, like, everyone was like, oh, we're in this tier, that tier. Like, that's been that tier for ages. And I'm like, is this not on national news? Is this just on Granada tonight? You know, and it's just like, and then we only made national news when it looked like we were being difficult. And of course. Like, yeah. We were like, oh, no, we don't want to close. We want more money. It's like, we're not giving us any money. So it's that, yeah. So it's that weird thing. Like, I've been asking people who are outside of my city being like, what, what does it look like was happening? So, yeah, it has been... It's been strange in that sense, you know, finding out what's going on in other places. It does feel quite separate. Yeah, totally. And do you know when you were saying then about graffiti and then I was thinking about the the vibe that Andy Burnham gave off? It was just like the power of the people, wasn't it? It was like people going, hold on a minute, we've got rights. (laughs) Or like, hold on a minute, there is this thing called freedom of speech or, you know, we can actually go out there and, and say, I'm not having this. And I think... It's especially refreshing when it's working class people. You know, similar to the the thing with Marcus as well is, there's plenty of us who just kind of put up and shut up. There's an apathy that comes with it because, you know, as parents, as grandparents, they're always like, oh, well, you don't want to be uh, getting involved in all that stuff because no, it will ever happen, you know. 
there's yeah. that feeling that they've just been downtrodden for years. So there's something nice about kids getting out there and spray painting shit and being like, yeah, and... Or, you know, Andy Burnham, like, he's on Game of Thrones, like, we are the North. <laughs> you know, it, there's something nice to it. like... Obviously, all the kids doing their A-levels and they've all been, like, fucked around loads. You know, just seeing yeah. them on the streets being like, no, I'm not taking it. And, I'm, you know, that that's given me a bit of hope this year. People just being like, no, I'm not having it. Yeah. It's not how, it's not how it goes. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, you snotty fucking toffee-nosed pricks in your, in your office with your £25 a day allowance or whatever it was that also covers bars when kids haven't got no food. It just... I'd like to think that this year teaches people, like if, if we're going to get posy, I'd like to think that this year teaches people that they are important, you know, when it comes to like standing up and, and telling people what it is you need. And if you see something that seems wrong to you, like it probably is wrong. And maybe, you know, this is where you could come in and you could help and listen, find out more about it and then get out there and do something. And you know, if that is what comes out of 2020, that that's a long-standing great thing, especially for them younger generations. You know, the people that are students now and the A-level kids and the GCSE kids who, like you said, have been absolutely fucked about. You know, that's our future. You know, that's the future of this planet. And hopefully they won't just be like, oh, do you know what? We never get what we want. We'll just give up. I hope they still continue out there with bloody, I don't know, some Game of Thrones shit going on. Oi, Listen! <laughs> Overthrow the Tories. I do think, like, there is less of that now. Like, it's it's a confidence, but it's a good confidence. Like you saying, like, parents and grandparents just being like, oh, it's just always been this way, it's shit, but that's our lot. Um, But I feel like there is more people being like, no, I'm not having it, which is great. Yeah, definitely. Just being like, no. (laughs) I am not having it. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nah, sorry, mate, nah. Um, so speaking of like things that are nice and then we've got some things that people wanted to uh, us to talk about as well because I mean can you believe we're, we're already at an hour and 15 minutes that's me that in it on my soapbox for about fucking 45 <laughs> minutes sorry but anyway um, there's a couple of other things that we're going to talk about and then uh, some things that people wanted to, to ask us about but I think for us what what is positive or what got us through this year um someone's asked us you know what what books we'd been reading um and i think it it was nice to just segue into good old tony mortimer what a lad what a lad i love it i love you know i was a very proud e17 fan growing up this is what this is what you know proof that i'm not like the north is the best because i fucking hate take that i always have done and i always will do (laughs) You know, Tory You know, uh, but I love, I love D seventeen. So you see, you know, they're southern lads. You know, um, yeah. And I always, I still go on about when people, are, you know, people love joking about. I'm like, oh no, they were legit. You know, like they had like one GCSE between them. You know, they're like, you know, one like a couple of them were roofers. You know, they were like, you know, legit lads. I always go on about that. You know, people, the people mock them a lot. Um, but Tony did win an Ivan Novella, so I'm just saying, just yeah, saying. He did. And he wrote songs about like climate change and depression you know so you know and a lot of lot of songs about sex but you know he wasn't he wasn't just <laughs> is a young lad <laughs> being in love but yeah my friend sent me this article where he's like saying he's i think since like lockdown he's read his first full book at the age of 50 um 
and I was really just gotten into books and he now wants to write like a YA novel I'll probably read it I'm not gonna lie mate totally (laughs) was my favorite growing up (laughs) and do you know what what I think is is the best bit about that story is the fact that first of all he didn't feel intimidated he just thought I'm just gonna get into books and then the other side of it is that the person who wrote the article was not just a dick about it. Like, because really, in certain circles, like, absolutely, I have been in circles where people have said, you know, what, you've never even read a book? You take it piss. What about school? What about... And they don't believe it. Like when I tell people that my dad can't read or write. Do you know that? How do you get through life? But like, that's just a a real thing, mate. Some people have never read books. Don't make them stupid. It's like that thing as well, isn't it? Like, you know, when people think people are stupid or below them if they can't speak English as a first language or, like, if they can't read or whatever. It's like they're stupid and therefore below you. It's like, no, don't be a dick. And in that article, whoever that journal was, was really nice. And, like, I think one of the things was he was saying that he was reading... He was actually reading young adult novels as well, wasn't he? And, yeah. you know, they could have been like, oh... You know, 50-year-old, he's only just started reading and he's reading kids' books. Instead, they did it respectfully because don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's kind of like, it's never too late to just pick up a book and read if you fancy it. It was that yeah. good. Which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, it's well nice. Good old Tony. So, oh. <laughs> the the other thing that we liked is all the Hun stuff on Instagram. So Hun's Net. Is it Hun's Net? That's what it's called, isn't it? Or oh, For the Love of Huns. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there's, 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 there's two out there. They're two different ones. Let me have a look on Instagram. Anyway, Huns. All that Hun shit on Instagram is... Like, so we were talking about how a lot of the people that are featured on the Hun stuff is working class people. Um, and... Like, what What did you think of that, Selena? Because, oh, and by the way, I'm looking now. Hunsnet, I follow them both. So, Hunsnet's got 103,000 followers and Love of Huns is 364,000 followers. So, Love of Huns is the bigger one. But, yeah, just... It's interesting because we feel like that one is quite respectful as well, didn't we? Yeah, it's that weird thing as well. It's like... I was saying how it's that thing where even though it's obviously like certain characters and like working class people and people who have have made fame, you know, not for like a specific talent, so to say. Um, but it doesn't feel like people are laughing at it. It's like they're laughing with it. Yeah. And it's that thing like I quite like that's got me through. Just, you know, when you see like shit funny memes, it's even though, you know, I live on this colonialist plague island as we like to call it now and you're like <laughs> you're like oh britain is just fucking you just like colonizers just go away i hate you all but at the end of the day i i, I am also british myself and love a bit of british humor yeah. um and it's that weird thing that it in especially in times of like crises it is just the most like british humor is just ridiculous and like it's just like oh you know, like the same, like when I was like, some it'll turn up or, or shit happens. It's, it's that kind of thing in it. And it's just like, I'll do what I want. And I feel like I get that vibe from it, like wrapped up in like 
some working class babes and that's the kind of thing that's on there yeah and and it's all just legit like we were saying about it it was mostly from a time where people didn't have to worry again instagram fucking instagram they you know it wasn't doctored and your life weren't run by pr companies it were people just saying like funny stuff on tv because they didn't realize (laughs) or they didn't have to edit their every move you know that you just don't get that now like if you think about Little Mix, look at all the shit that Jesse from Little Mix got and effectively was, you know, bullied to oblivion has now quit the group. Like, you didn't get that in the hearsay days and all that stuff, and that's why you've got brilliant footage of them just fucking up and laughing about it. You know, <laughs> now you just get crucified on Twitter all the time. But, yeah, and I think what's refreshing is we, we've said before the kind of, I guess, visibility of working-class women is usually in a way to tear people down, you know? And the Huns page, I just feel like, celebrates all the best bits. And it's, you know, even like the accounts at the minute where loads of drag queens are just doing the characters of amazing lasses, I just think, like, finally, you know, your working-class lasses are getting celebrated more than they ever seem to have on a really, like, big popular culture stage. Yeah, it's like, is that... It, it, there was a time when it would happen but you'd be laughing at, at them whereas yeah. now it's like yeah like saying that you, you're enjoying it you're getting joy from it but not in a like vindictive way not in like oh they're so stupid kind of way yeah no totally um and i think the one my last thing and then if you want to add any selena but my last thing about people that have got me through this year is I just love watching comedy and I watch so much comedy um, because actually, you know, not not exactly getting many laughs in at minute, not even having any, <laughs> you know what I mean? No small talk. Like, I know that if I put some comedy on, I'm going to get to have a laugh and I know that from a science perspective that having a laugh is actually good for you. <laughs> so, like, looking forward to Gogglebox on a Friday night that could be my main thing for a week, but I know I'd have a laugh with it. And Gogglebox, obviously, it's mostly like working class folks, just normal folks, love it. And like the the thing recently um, that I think I text you about three quarters of it, so you probably don't even need to fucking watch it, Selena, was the, um, <laughs> the Mickey Flanagan documentary on Sky. Um, I just loved it. Like, I love that he is legit... <laughs> favourite phrase but he just is and when you go and meet his mum and dad his mum and dad were just brilliant and like I was talking to my mum and dad about it and saying like oh what that documentary meant like and they were talking about this you know when he were I think he was 14 he left school um, and he went to work on the fish market and it's very similar to my dad. So my dad left school at 13 and he went to work on Timberyard. And just talking to my mum and dad about all that stuff, do you know, just like really openly and being like, yeah, just going and getting a job and being a kid and like, <laughs> like that is some serious graft. Like Mickey was saying, you know, 14 year old and he said he started off on the empty boxes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what is that? But then... He said, you know, uh, his dad said to him that he was like a bit mad at him for leaving that job 
because, quote, it was like footballers' wages. <laughs> like, I just love it. Because that's the thing, isn't it? Like, in the real world, if you're, especially if you're a creative or you're in an industry that your parents, your working class parents don't understand, they will, like, berate you for not having what they call a proper job. And that could be what loads of other people in the world be like, that's a shit job. Like, when people say that, you know, the first thing that they say a working class job is, like, cleaners... But if you're from a state, cleaners are the right job. Yeah. You know, they were saying, yeah, on fish market, that were footballers' wages and it were a right job. But then his mum said, but the reason it didn't, it didn't fit in down there because he want a thief. <laughs> but she just said it like totally normal. Yeah, it's because you want a thief. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I want thief and yeah. And then he talked about how his dad used to nick and his dad's just sat there like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love... I fucking love seeing working class people on TV and I especially oh. love it when they're very rich off the back of their success. I was going to say, um, also I was loving getting like screenshots of his, uh, his, his, his nouveau-ish home. <laughs> yeah. Whoever he was, you were like, need that lamp, need that wallpaper, yeah, need that. <laughs> yeah, because his house are absolutely mint. And, you know, we've talked about this before. If you're poor and then you come into money... You don't all of a sudden, like, money don't buy your class. Do you know what I mean? Katie Price is up there. <laughs> That's my favourite thing. It, you're, just, you're going to have a nouveau riche house, aren't you? You're going to be spray-painting all your wood silver. It's just the way it is. <laughs> it's the way it is, mate. I love it. I'm just like, oh, you can have all the money in the world, but I love it. It's still it's like you've been to the and M. I love it. Get all your it. shit from Dunelm. That's just how it is, mate. That's how it is. <laughs> So, did you want to add anyone on, or do you want to go to the questions? Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think what what brought me joy this year. i tell you what, I've watched all my reruns of Desmond's. I mean, I always bang out about Desmond's as my favourite programme growing up. And I was worried that it might be a bit problematic. There's only like a couple of questionable things. You know, it's from like the early 90s. Um, but it was good watching it, because there's like loads of jokes I missed about like Tories and the Sun newspaper. <laughs> Because this was in, like, the first series as well, so I was, like, six when that came out, maybe even younger. Um, so I was, like, watching it as an adult, there's, like, still bits that I obviously didn't get when I was a child, but I still got great pleasure from it, especially this year, I think, because, you know, it was, like, it basically Desmond's is uh, set in Peckham. So my two favourite programmes growing up were, like, Only Fools and Horses and Desmond's, both set in Peckham. Peckham representing. Um, yeah, because I was like, it's like Cheetah Bill alongside, but with, with southern accents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like set in a barber shop um, run by this family who the mum and dad have come from Guyana. Um, and they've got like some kids and they've got the oldest kid and he's a, he's a, he's a yuppie. He's a banker and he speaks posh. You know, and they all, they, that, that's like a running, for the six, six seasons, it's a running joke that Michael is like, he's like, He's, he's no longer working class, he's, you know, he's transcended his class, he's a banker. Um, but yeah, and I just always loved it as a kid because it was quite comforting because it reminded me of like going around to my grandma's house. And I think it was like, it's just, you know, it had its issues and, you know, stuff like, you know, like they do in sitcoms, you have to have like a, a story. Um, but it was nice just to watch like for like six seasons of just like Caribbean, mostly black cast, just having a laugh. It's like proper daft humour, but you know, 20 minutes an episode, that's just what I needed this year. I feel like for a period, being black was all about 
teaching people, saying the right things, diversity and inclusion everywhere. You know, it was like this whole thing. I just wanted to watch Desmond and Pork Pie get into some, you know, comedy capers. (laughs) (laughs) And Michael get called a Tory because he's a banker. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so yeah, that, that definitely like was nice. Nice to watch. So recommend... You know, it's aged okay. You can go back and watch it. Anybody that wants to, I tell everybody to watch it. I'm just obsessed with it. <laughs> it's always a worry, isn't it? Anything from the past, you're like, oh, yeah. please, please don't, please don't disappoint. But decent. Well, shall we go on these questions? Yeah. So, books you read this year? Um. You know when people like I wanted to read seventy books this year and they read them. I'm really bad at reading books. Um, last year I had a, I wanted to write down how many books I read because I started reading more. I'm very like it takes sometimes I can read and then I can't. Or what I was gonna make a joke and go this year I read why I'm no longer talking to. Ah uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know if you've heard of it. But I've, no, I'm only joking. Um, what I make everything into a joke. I'm trying to think what books I've got. I did reread um, His Dark Materials, and then that was on the telly as well, which is nice. Philip Pullman books, because, you know, that was in, that was my summer read. I'd bought the, do they call it a compendium? Is that even a thing? When all the books are together in one book. Compendium. bought it five Sounds years right. ago as a, as a reread, and it's taken me five years. It took me, took me a global pandemic to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> before you know young Anna but I was just because it was all in one big book and you know I don't have a commute really so I don't read on the way to work so yeah that was nice because that was like full escapism in the terms that you know it wasn't anything about the current naturally it's a lot like the current world <laughs> um yeah maybe I should start reading like dystopian stuff <laughs> um but yeah, I'm not. I'm not very good at like. What books have you read? You know, when people say stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, I really recommend this. I'm trying to think. Well, did a lot of puzzles this year. Oh yes, mate. Are you a, a crossword or a word search person? I'm more of a crossword. I'm a word. I'm like, a, well, yeah, crosswords, code words. You know, when you get a few letters and you have to figure out the words, they're my faves. So, have you got any more books? No, I, there is more, but n- nothing to like. I've read quite a lot by uh, Black Horses, you know, because I thought that was on trend, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what, I've, not, I've not got anything like one big recommendation. Maybe I have. What, what, you, you're, you're, you're the big reader. Well, I was trying to think about my favourites. And, I mean, for anybody out there who's thinking about reading Jim Carrey's book, uh, I'm honestly a massive Jim Carrey super fan, and I wasted about fucking three weeks of my life reading that book, so you don't need to read that. Um, I read I read my usual amounts of, like, self-help stuff and self-improvement, but my two favourite ones was I read uh, Tiffany Haddish's um, oh, yeah. memoir, The Last Black Unicorn, so I'd seen the show, so she's done a show of the same title, uh, a stand-up show, and I read the book after it, 
And she's just amazing. Like, I remember <laughs> doing my usual thing and spoiling it for you again, weren't I? Telling you all the best bits. But um, she's just amazing. Like, if you want to read a book about, well, but, like, actually by someone legit who doesn't filter, doesn't kind of, you know, change their words to sound smart or, like, I don't know, kind of exactly what we were trying to do with Paul last when we did the zine. You know, we're not going to edit people. We're not going to make them feel like they can't write for us because you've got to be, like, inverted commas, a proper writer. Like, the thing that is really good about Tiffany's book is she just writes in her own voice and it's a bestseller. And I love that. I love that, like, just generally, but I love it for her because she's had such a fucking shit life and she's just got the best attitude and the best energy. And I don't know, it's just great. I thought it was really, really good. And the other one that I liked was Big Friendship. Um, so that's by uh, Anne Friedman and Amin Artuso, who do the Call Your Girlfriend podcast. Um, and I just thought it was mint, like really honest, refreshingly honest. Um, they were talking about how, like, the, if you don't know the podcast, their premise is that they're long distance besties and they're, they're on opposite coast to each other. So they pretty much just catch up on, on the call. And you you're just kind of like, oh yeah, they're, well they're just long distance besties, like absolute iconic duo. And they go into how they had like, you know, some really difficult friendship to get through. And I think people talking about friendships just don't happen, does it? It's like friend breakups are really difficult. Nobody likes to talk about them. Um, you know, it's like shameful if you break up with your friend. It's like big stuff. But they talk about really difficult things like, um, you know, one of them is black, one of them is white, and they talk about how it's hard to have friends sometimes who are not the same race as you, but again, are like super honest, like really get to like the core of some really difficult shit, um, and also how they let each other down and how they made friends again, and honestly, it was just dead good, like really, like I say, honest and Sound legit. Good. Yeah, it, it was really good and. A few people I know read it uh, as well and just was like some really like good takeaways, you know, to think about how you treat people and um, how you can be a better friend. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they were my favourites, I think. Yeah, I might have to get them on my 2021 reading list. Yes, mate. I've got a few, got a few books for Christmas, so I'll, I'll get through them, maybe by like August. <laughs> Save some room on August shelf. I'm reading. <laughs> You do have to, like, I think, right, we're reading, you You have to have a bit more focus, don't you? It's not like just putting telly on and watching some show. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why, once I get going, but it's, it's that getting going. <laughs> you know, like, get, once you're into it, you're like, oh, yeah, but it's like, when if I, if I stop and start a lot, then it takes me forever. Yeah, too true. Um, so another one is working class people spending loads on our families at Christmas and how it feels different to middle class doing it. Is that a thing what we were saying before, though, isn't it? You get judged on um, what, how you're going to spend your money and getting shamed sort of thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you've got something on a catalogue or if you've bought it or if you've been down the bloody... Well, you couldn't really this year, but being down the pub selling <laughs> off some... Someone right off the local shoplifter. <laughs> But you know your Christmas turkey from down the pub. It is what it is, mate. And to a kid, they don't know this stuff either. Um, That's the thing, and I think it's very much like because you know, 
we I don't know if we we got some sometimes we got loads and we got old we didn't get as much stuff but like you know I, I've know people that like get in debt with a lone man you know borrowing it all before Christmas I think it's that thing where you don't want your kids to know that you're struggling for money or they're going without yeah for sure so like you kind of go over the top so you don't want them to know that like all year you've just been like if you're a parent you've just been eating like the leftovers or you know not been doing the things that other kids might get to do so you don't want them to feel like they they've got less than everybody else yeah true and i think we've said this before but the poorest people are always the most generous like that's why they're so bloody poor well, yeah, that's it. That's what my dad says. My dad's always like, well, that's how you stay rich, isn't it? Just be a sting.' <laughs> I always say that. like, rich people are tight. That's why they're rich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's one of Al's favourites. But I think it is a thing, you know, the the people that I know that give to food banks, like, I, I mean, you know, some people don't talk about it, fine. But it is always more my working class friends than it is my middle class friends. And, um, you know, people... People saying thanks. I know it sounds mad, but some people don't literally don't say thanks. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't know if you have that thing as well. But I, I, when I was a kid, do you remember I had that shaming incident where my mate's mum, I was around at Earth for tea, and then she said, Emma's not coming around anymore because she doesn't say please and thank you. And it's like, it sticks in my head all the time. So I am like very aware of saying thanks and trying to be like, you know, thank you for that gift or thanks for that card. And honestly, some people just don't say thanks. And I think it is it is a part of that feeling of just being like, oh yeah, well everyone gets cards at Christmas or, you know, everyone... Do you know what I mean? I think just yeah. working class people are just more thankful and genuine and appreciative. And like, honestly, shout out to some people, which, you know, I'm not going to say names, but sent me some very excellent things this year and I did not know they were going to do that and all those people are working class people and I just think just decent just absolutely decent people and you appreciate it more knowing that people aren't just got like oh I'm just gonna walk around the supermarket I'll just pick up anything Jeeves like bang it all in the trolley do you know like um, (laughs) do you know like Emily Gilmore on Gilmore Girls when she goes to the mall and she's just like get me in five different colours I'll take it in you know what pick whatever shoes you want when you know watch Gilmore Girls sorry well, it's too, it's too white for me. <laughs> mate, it's it's very white. Also, it's very, very, like, the the whole, like, um, not even middle class, like, upper upper middle class, I guess. <laughs> Strange vibes. It, it's good because you're like, what is this world? <laughs> but anyway, um, it, it is mad. But it just reminds me of that. It's not like, oh, you know, just get everybody a pen and send it all out and sign it for me. I don't need to sign it. You know, this is people who yeah. are genuinely thinking... I know Em would like that. I'm going to send it to her. She's going to be dead chuffed because she doesn't even know she's getting it. Just, it's always it's always working class people because they're the best. No biased. <laughs> <laughs> no biased, Soz. Um, then, so the other one, Christmas traditions. So uh, this person, Nat, has said, ours was KFC on Christmas Eve and is still hard in the middle, Sarah Lee. I mean, mate. Sarah Lee got all day, every day. And it, it, yeah, you'd have to like defrost it for about fucking two weeks before Christmas and it'd still have ice in the middle. K- I feel like KFC is big in Japan 
Christmas Day. I don't know if that's an urban myth. Someone told me that. Yeah, I think like some ad campaign years ago, and then now it's what people like to eat. It's like the thing. Um, but again, I think I did Google it, but you know, a couple of them like people are like, oh yeah, that's like everyone eats KFC on Christmas. Um, that gravy know, burger though, that was a genius. Like, I'm... <laughs> sorry, I just remembered there was that KFC program I did watch that, and then someone went, well, everyone invented this burger, must be northern. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that were an advert, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Such a good idea. Um, do you have any Christmas traditions? I can't think I feel of like any. Because, because I, I've just had the same Christmas since I was a child, because I still live at home, and we don't really have extended family around. Maybe they're traditions, but I just don't know, because it's just what we do on Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. But I think, like, it's weird this year, because you kind of find yourself going, but this is what we always do, and then you've not been able to do it some at time. But I think, for me, we have uh, everybody round at my auntie's on Christmas Day. So that would have been seven households, but obviously I couldn't do that. And believe me, they they, they live on a state. It's not a big house. Everybody fits in that house. <laughs> um, and then, so there's, like, proper Christmas dinner, and then there's buffy tea, and you've never seen so much beige in your life and it's heaven. And then on Boxing Day, we have the same, but at my mum's house. And that's where... <laughs> same the location. Yeah, it's the same thing. And it's an even smaller <laughs> house. And do you remember, like, <laughs> you've seen over years, it is like a Peter Casekit. Like, the wallpaper table comes out, the bloody deck chairs, everything's out, all emergency chairs or whatever Peter Case says. Yeah, someone sat like proper near to the floor on a fucking footstool. Uh, it's just amazing. But yeah, there that's my thing. Obviously, we couldn't couldn't do this year. It was just me and my mum and my dad. Uh, didn't get to see my brother. Didn't get to see my cousins out. Um, oh, but let me tell you this fun story. Did I tell you about my uncle's ring doorbell? Yeah. So I'll I'll tell the listeners. So my uncle uh, got a ring doorbell right, and he got it about five or six weeks ago, something like that. And uh, one night, it was about half 11 at night, some lads turned up outside and um, they're like, you can see them because obviously it records it right, so I'm watching video. And um, they're looking over back fence, looking to see if there's out in garden. They're looking through all glass on, on door. And they're like, only young lads, like young teens. And they've got all sports gear on and they've got balaclavas on. And... Um, <laughs> one lad goes oi Ricky like actually says his real name oi Ricky they've got one of them video doorbells here so then Ricky comes over lifts his balaclava puts his face right into it and goes oh yeah shit <laughs> <laughs> just Ricky. just absolute Ricky's gonna make it as a as a thief I'll be honest no I think he needs to try something else bless him but yeah anyway <laughs> So that were good. Oh. <laughs> um, and then, probably the last one we've got time for is uh, Zoom and seeing inside houses highlighting massive inequality. So I mean, we've touched upon this on many episodes with, with uh, hashtag <laughs> Argagate. Yeah. And I think I was saying last year out at Christmas last year, everyone was going home. And there was a few people I'm like, I was like, oh, look, you know, you're like, oh, well done. You were like, oh, I'm struggling. I'm working two jobs. But, you know, both of those jobs are like very well paid. 
oh, and then they're like, oh, I'm really poor. Then you go home and you're like, wait a minute, you've got a fucking Christmas tree in your entrance hall. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so I was getting a lot of that last year. I was like, it looks like the bloody set from Bloody Home Alone. You're like, okay, okay, okay. You're like, yeah, all right. I thought you were struggling. Um, I mean, you can be struggling, but also, you know, passing it off as if you're like working class and your house is fucking size of the estate. Um, but then I feel like that was just at last Christmas, but I feel like, you know, Zoom calling has magnified that a lot. Do you know what I've, been, I've had this year? I feel like I need to justify it. Like every time I've done, because I've done like workshops and stuff. So it's not like people, you know, I'm not doing like big business meetings and people like with their eyes in the background <laughs> or the exposed beams. But every time, because obviously my room, you know, I'm quite, I like colours. I've got pictures everywhere. I've got shit everywhere. You know, I, I live at home in my, in my bedroom, in my teenage bedroom. Every time I log on, everyone goes, oh, I love you back. Oh, is that your studio? And I'm like, it's the corner of my bedroom. You know, <laughs> and I want to be like, it's not a studio. Uh, I'm, who do you think I am? No, like, you know, I'd love a studio space. But then they're like, oh, wow, you're just in your studio. And then I'd turn around like, there's my bed. It's my home studio, uh, babes. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm literally in one corner of my bedroom in my mum's in my terraced house. <laughs> Um, that she doesn't even own. So, no, I'm not in my studio. But, yeah, everyone's like, oh, And I'm just like, like oh, it's so colourful. Like, it's just my bedroom. <laughs> just how I like things to look. But, yeah, it, it, it's that weird thing that I was like, everyone just assumes that I've got a separate workspace. And I'm like, no, no. So that so that happens. Like reverse, like reverse aggregate for me. But, yeah, uh, well... Do you know, right, obviously with my work, because I work in tech, right, I am on calls all day, every day. And some some people insist on video chat, pretty much. Like at one point, I was like, it's getting like catfish now. People have not seen me for ages. And they'd be like, Em, seriously, we have not seen you for months. Like, <laughs> can you put your video on? No. But then some people insist, so then you have to. But behind me, I've got, I framed, you know, our poster from Paul last live. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. There she is. Yeah, so I've got me I've got my poster from Paul last live behind me and a, a plant and then all my zines. It's just like my zine shelf. And uh, somebody went once, What's all them papers? <laughs> <laughs> you do it's just one of them, isn't it? Like, how do you even explain a whole shelf full of zines? But anyway, yes, yeah, so that's that's my background. But I think the thing with like people in their backgrounds is I, d- I don't really think or may- maybe it's just that I work with decent people I don't know but I don't really think any of them people are putting their backgrounds on to be like look at the state of my house mate check it out I'm absolutely balling I think they've got no idea that they're so privileged half the time like they don't wow. even think about it they're just like yeah my house is lovely like everything's spray painted silver like you know, everything is hinged up to the max. I think they're just like, yeah, putting putting my camera on, decent. And then they don't even probably realise that, you know, other people that they work with are like, fucking hell, have you seen the state of their background? <laughs> 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 like, you know, if they did think out of it, they think, oh, my house looks lovely. But other people are like, whoa, where do you live? Silicon Valley? Like, <laughs> also that link to that, I went to a, a women in product conference. I say went, sat in the exact same seat I'm in now. Um, <laughs> but I went to a women in product conference 
and that was in Silicon Valley. So all the speakers and stuff were from like big tech companies and some of the backgrounds were absolute LOLs. So there was one lady and she was that was obviously like her workspace um, and in the background it was um, like floor to ceiling glass overlooking some trees out the back. And um, when I say floor to ceiling, it was like three floors up. So obviously, wherever she was, there was a mezzanine probably somewhere as well. But it was just fully, like like a massive greenhouse in Silicon Valley. <laughs> it's like, what the hell, man? I, I was messaging, uh, I took some screenshots and sent them to Holly. So I was just like, mate, this is the Silicon Valley version of Argagate. Of an Arg. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was mad that. We're all in this together. Look at my three floors of glass. <laughs> like, ha ha, I haven't worn my Louboutins for three weeks, darling. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, I guess it is funny. Imagine. It is funny. So, on that, do you know what we've managed to do here? One hour, 48 minutes. Oh. Bloody hell. You know, big year to talk about, though, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've hardly covered anything. I know, in, in the, the grand year of scheme. 2020. Yeah. It's probably for the best we skirted around some stuff. <laughs> Just, you know, leave out the despair, <laughs> pure desperation <laughs> and sadness. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's probably that then, isn't it, lass? Yeah. So, uh Next time we'll be chatting, probably 2021, as they call it. See you in there. What do they say? Oh, my dad always goes, see you on Christmas tree when when you're not going to be around for a while. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. I always do that joke thing, you know, if I'm at work, like today. Um, I was like, if you're not in tomorrow, I'll see you next year. Like, I think that's hilarious. People are just like... It's in two days. I'm like, yeah, I'll see you next year. <laughs> like, I'm so funny. You'll literally be doing it till like 11 o'clock at night the night before. I'll yeah. see you next oh, year. See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, legitimately, I won't see you because I ain't seen you for time, but I'll hear you on the phone next year. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. See you soon. Bye. Bye.